Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiya, Bobby. Hi, Ken. You want to go for a ride? Sure, Ken. Jump in. I'm a Bobby girl in the Bobby world. If you grew up in the 90s, chances are you'll recognise this song instantly. You might even know all the lyrics. It was by a little-known Danish band called Aqua. And one of the many reasons why it became so popular wasn't just because of its catchy tune, but because it featured someone millions of young girls and women all around the world grew up to love and loathe Barbie. She appeals to your absolute worst base instincts. You know, she is a sexy doll with sexy boobs and sexy hair and sexy outfits. In the 64 years that she's been around, Barbie has been on a lifetime of adventures. She's had more than 250 careers, travelled into space and run for president multiple times. Well, who knew? Barbie beating Hillary Clinton to the punch by announcing an all-female ticket. For the first time ever, Mattel is pairing its presidential Barbie with a female vice president. You can see him right there. Over the years, she's been blonde and brunette white and black. She's been curvy, petite. She's used a wheelchair and had a prosthetic leg. And today, Barbie is more inclusive and more diverse than ever before. Strictly winner Rose Ailing Ellis has teamed up with Barbie to release their first doll with hearing aids and is part of a new collection of dolls, including a Ken doll with vitiligo, a doll with a prosthetic limb and another with a wheelchair. And if the 1990s dedicated a song to her, 2023 is taking things up a notch. Some things have been happening that might be related. When my world Cold shower Ooh. falling off my roof. Ah! And my heels are on the ground. A movie about Barbie and her plastic fantastic universe is tipped to be the hottest film this summer. So what is it about an 11 and a half inch doll invented more than six decades ago that still appeals? 
How has she remained one of the top-selling toys globally, even in an era of high-tech gadgets and social media? And how has Barbie evolved to stay so relevant still? The truth is Barbie taps into this really deep, deeply rooted, dark desire within a lot of women, which is to be really thin and beautiful. And it reflects it back at them and reinforces it. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Jane Mulkerins, the Associate Editor of The Times magazine. Today, a bright pink cultural history of Barbie. Hadley, hi. Can you begin by introducing yourself to our listeners? My name's Hadley Freeman, and I'm a staff writer for The Sunday Times. Now, Hadley, let's step back in time a little bit. Could you start by telling us about your childhood as a quote-unquote Barbie girl? (laughs) I was very much a Barbie girl, if not specifically in a Barbie world, but certainly in the Barbie era of the 1980s in New York. And I can't remember what my first Barbie was, but I definitely remember my most beloved Barbies. They were Peaches and Cream, Malibu Barbie, because she had the super long hair. I had a day-to-night Barbie who had this really kind of amazing 80s yuppie suit. I had a whole cupboard full of Barbies, all these like plastic legs sticking out every possible way. And Barbie was absolutely my ideal of what being a grown-up would look like. You definitely sound like a collector as a child. How many do you reckon you had in your Barbie collection? Probably had about 20. I also had the Dream House, which was the greatest Hanukkah gift I ever got in my life. And I also had her incredible Corvette car, which I got, I remember, for my seventh birthday. I still cannot actually drive a real car, but I can definitely master the Barbie Corvette. And what was it about Barbie that you think you adored so much as a child? You know, kids want to always be slightly rebellious against their parents. And Barbie was nothing like my parents. My parents were quite, you know, straight and not sexy in that Barbie overt way. And so Barbie offered an alternative vision of what adulthood could look like. And that felt very exciting. I don't know if I would have ever put an age on her, but I would have thought she was about 19, which when I was eight seemed like the coolest age of all. Um, She was fully independent. You know, she had her car. She had her friends. This was a world that as a very protected eight-year-old in Manhattan in the 80s, I could not possibly fathom, but I dreamed of. Please don't hate me, but by contrast, as a very committed tomboy, I absolutely loathed Barbie growing up. (laughs) I hated anything pink. And even though I definitely wouldn't have had the language to put it this way at the time, her kind of fetishized, idealized femininity, I just found very unrelatable. Mm. And as a Brit, perhaps it was a British thing, but I had one Cindy doll Mm. who was, like me, a British brunette, and she wore a very tomboyish green boiler suit, which if I could get made now, I would definitely buy. (laughs) But I think that's entirely to your credit, Jane. I'm embarrassed by how much I love Barbie. I mean, how conformist can you be? A little girl who likes this doll, a little doll with big bust, you know, long blonde hair, bright smile. I mean, it doesn't say anything good about me that this was actually what I like. So 
I also think you know, we, we grew up as young women in the 80s, mm. loving and loathing Barbie respectively, but it was the 80s. We didn't have an awful lot of choices when it came to female toys. But Barbie was born a few decades before us both as well. Yeah. As an expert on this topic, can you tell us a little bit about Barbie's origins and how she came to be? So Barbie was actually born in 1959. So really actually just a little bit younger than my parents. And she was created when this American businesswoman happened to be on holiday and allegedly spotted a German doll called Build Lily, which was made by the German tabloid Build, supposed to be a doll of a cartoon character in the newspaper. And it was originally marketed for adults. It was this idea that men could give this to women as like a fun thing to dress up because the dolls for girls at that point, and really kind of still now, are either babies or little girls. No one thought that a child would want to play with an adult doll. And of course, you know, a lot of children want nothing more than to play with an adult doll because it lets them pretend that they're adults. And so Barbie was born in 1959 in the American toy market. And she's very sexy, very much like a Hollywood bombshell, very kind of Marilyn Monroe-esque. And little girls just immediately loved her. So this first Barbie, this first iteration of Barbie, who was launched by Mattel in 59, what was she wearing? What was her kind of aesthetic? It was very much um, a kind of 1950s Hollywood glam. So it was, the you know, either the modest little swimsuit in a kind of Esther Williams way. And there was also this little 1950s idealized housewife dress. She looked like Elizabeth Taylor in, you know, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, to be honest, is what she looked like. And immediately little girls got this and understood this was a doll that allowed them to pretend that they were grownups and to dress up as they wish. Barbie, you're We've got some lyrics here from the very first Barbie commercial. My Barbie doll is really real. Which read, Barbie's small and so petite. Her clothes and figure look so neat. Someday I'm going to be exactly like you. Until then, I know exactly what I'll do. Barbie, beautiful Barbie, I'll make believe I am you. <laughs> As you say, Hadley, it allowed girls to think of themselves in the future, but in a very specific way. For most women and girls in, in the 50s and 60s, I mean, it's a far throw from anything that's going to be relatable in their lives, dressing up like Elizabeth Taylor. Yes. And also, I mean, this is the 1960s we're now getting into, which, of course, was the emergence of the women's rights movement in America. It's fascinating how these things happen in correlation. On the one hand, you have Betty Friedan and Gloria Steinem out telling women, you know, to want more, to not be dictated by the male gaze. I keep meeting women who I've heard all my life are bitchy and pushy and so on and so forth. I meet them and they're, they're nice, compassionate people. It's if, if you don't play your role, you know, if you dare to aspire to something, then then you get it automatically. And then on the other hand, you have little girls in droves wanting to buy Barbie. And I don't think those things are necessarily coincidental. A backlash kind of happens at the same time as a forward lash. And the truth is, love girls do just want to be pretty. Like, I just wanted to be pretty when I was a little girl. Am I being told that from movies? Is that something intrinsic in little girls? Do we know that we get more approval because we're pretty? It's very hard to separate all these different factors. But certainly Barbie appealed to that side of little girls and, of course, validated it as well. Of course. So in the early 60s, we've got this 
Barbie, Barbara Millicent Roberts, to give her her full name, who I understand was the first mass-produced toy doll with adult features. Was she popular from the beginning? What was the reaction when she was launched on the market? Hugely popular right away. I think it was like over 300,000 were sold straight away. And quickly Mattel realized that they had something going on here. So they managed to find this toy that basically saved their company. Barbie was by far Mattel's biggest seller and probably still is. And immediately they realized they, you know, needed to spread out the range and soon there were more and more added. And, you know, Barbie is the most perfect toy range in the sense that you can constantly add more products that children need to buy for it. As you say, Hadley, she was given many more identities very quickly, including careers. Mm. So she went from being the sort of glamorous movie star Barbie to being an astronaut, to being a paleontologist, to being a rock star, to being a computer engineer, particularly during the 80s. We can work from nine to five and then change. Hey, Dr. Barbie. Here's the doctor and a cutest patient. Drink up. Ching guards on. Okay, teams, take the field. Throw it in. What do you think that evolution was all about? Was there a purpose behind that from Mattel's point of view? Well, firstly, there's variety. You know, the more different dolls you make, the more girls will want to buy them and need to keep buying more ones. And Mattel would say, you know, we're showing little girls that they can be anything. But of course, the message from Barbie is you can be anything as long as you're sexy. My little sister only had one Barbie. She was a bit cooler than me. And it was an Eskimo Barbie, a very politically incorrect Eskimo Barbie in the 1980s. And Eskimo Barbie had the most hilarious outfit, which was this tiny little belted white jacket with fake fur trim that barely skimmed her bottom. And that's all she had. It was like this sort of minxy Eskimo Barbie. So the message is, you know, you can be anywhere in the world and do anything. Just make sure you look sexy. Seskimo Barbie, we should call her really, shouldn't we? Yeah, thank thank you for appreciating my pun. Thank you. Um, it's very interesting. She was given these sexy outfits. Also, she ran for president four times, including winning in 1992, 24 years before Hillary Clinton even stood for president. (laughs) So there's an internal contradiction there, really, isn't there, with the evolution of Barbie? As you say, it's probably not unlike the backlash we see in feminism over the course of the second half of the 20th century. Well, it's also very typical of the 1980s feminism and 1980s women's magazines. You know, you look at Cosmopolitan in the 1980s and it's all about be an independent, cool woman, 120 ways to please your man. So, you know, yes, get a job, but make sure you look good. That is what Barbie is saying. To have a doll with lots of different jobs who's always pretty, like that's just going to be sales bonanza for little girls. And sounds exhausting for Barbie as well. I mean, I don't know how she's up on her toes all day, to be honest. Like, imagine having to be an astronaut in high heels. It's kind of hard to imagine how she managed to walk on the moon. (laughs) Coming up, in Barbie land so far, we've been to the moon and the White House, all in high heels, of course. But big changes are ahead for Barbara Millicent Roberts. How will she respond to being knocked off the top toy spot for the very first time? That's coming up after this. Hold up. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So Hadley, we've heard about the evolution of Barbie from a pin-up movie star to going to the moon in 1965. And then in the late 1960s, she also got a new friend. Can you tell us about Francie? <laughs> so this was her friend. I really hope no one ever like clips this bit because it would just make me so cancelled. But her friend was called, like this is not me making the name, Coloured Francie. Um, and it was the first black Barbie. And of course, since then, there have been Barbies of lots of different ethnicities. Although the terrible truth about Barbie, which also just really shows that the conformism of little girls, is that it's always the blonde white Barbies that outsell all the rest of them. You know, even brunettes. I think blonde Barbies outsell brunettes by something like six to one, never mind the different ethnicities. But you know, Mattel is not stupid in a way. It realized that they needed to make a nod to the world outside. And also, of course, they thought that this could sell more dolls because now hopefully little African-American girls would be buying colored Francie. It is fascinating, isn't it? Francie was their first attempt at introducing a black doll in the Barbie family. But am I right in thinking that she was just a friend, if you like, a sidekick? Mm. And it actually took until the 1980s for Mattel to actually introduce a black and a Latina Barbie in the Barbie range. Is it surprising? And in hindsight, kind of shocking that it took them so long to actually diversify Barbie herself. I don't know if it's that shocking, really. I mean, obviously, it's disgusting. But you look at mainstream TV shows, certainly up to the 1990s coming out of America, and they're entirely white, really, except the ones that are entirely black or the ones that are entirely Latino. Like, everything's very segregated, really, in America, you know, even though it's a country of lots of different ethnicities mixed together. Like, you know, Jane, you've lived there. So, no, I'm not surprised by that in a lot of ways. I'm almost surprised that it happened in the 80s. And since then, we've seen many more diverse iterations of Barbie, not just in terms of ethnicity, but in, in many other ways too. Can you tell us about some of those iterations and also what might have prompted Mattel to produce some of them? 
since the late 90s, they've been making a kind of a separate range for Barbie. They have all these different ranges. And in this one range, they do various disabilities. So there's there's a Down syndrome Barbie recently, and there have been Barbies in wheelchairs and Barbies with prosthetic limbs and all kinds of things. And And they always say that these Barbies sell well, but they sell well within that specific range as opposed to compared to the let's put it this way, the mainstream Barbie. You know, there'd be lots of different reasons for that. First of all, the Americans with Disabilities Act came into law in 1990. People have been more vocal about representation. And of course, there are children, many children with disabilities. And this, you know, is a a customer base for Mattel, to be entirely blunt. But there have been problems along the way. I think the first Barbie that they had in a wheelchair, they had to recall because her hair gets kept getting caught in the wheels, which is a peril when you are a sexy Barbie. So she might still be this idealised version of femininity with the beauty standards that you've been talking about. But like the rest of us, Barbie, unfortunately, is not immune to some ups and downs over the course of her life. So having spent more than 50 years at the top of the toy charts, in 2014, she was knocked off the top spot of girls' toys for the first time in a decade by Elsa from Frozen, of course, who else? And then in 2016, Mattel did something quite unexpected with Barbie. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So Mattel kind of realized that they needed to look as though they cared about the welfare of their customers, basically, because there had been several studies suggesting a correlation between girls who grew up loving Barbies and girls who later develop eating disorders, or certainly give girls who have an unrealistic expectation of what the female body looks like. And as someone who grew up with Barbies, I was like 10 years later hospitalized for anorexia. I guess I epitomize that, but I don't blame Barbie for that. But so Mattel did realize that they needed to do something. So they released a a range of different Barbie shapes, petite Barbie, tall Barbie, and curvy Barbie. Although I think the BBC sort of measured up the statistics and curvy Barbie still would be less than a size eight at Marks and Spencer. So it's all relative, really. I think that's absolutely fascinating that there was a study linking childhood adoration of Barbie with potentially later body image issues. And also that there was other Barbies, which I read in your your brilliant Sunday Times piece, like the slumber party Barbie who came with a miniature set of scales <laughs> set to seven stone 12 and a diet book with only one piece of advice, which was don't, don't eat. eat. <laughs> I, I mean, that seems extraordinary to us today, both that the, the toy light that existed, but also that it took till 2016 to recognise that this absolutely unbelievable shape Barbie who, from what I understand, if she was a real person, would fall over because of the weight of her bosoms and her tiny feet. Like the reason I laugh at all that about the diet books and the scales, because the truth is Barbie taps into this really deep, deeply rooted, dark desire within a lot of women, which is to be really thin and beautiful. And it reflects it back at them and reinforces it. And that's what all those toys did. And there was no reason for Mattel to change because as much as you know, women like you or I or Gloria Steinem or whoever might shout in the New York Times or in the Times, you know, about how outrageous this is that little girls are playing with these dolls that have, you know, what would be a 14 inch waist in real life. The fact is they're still selling and it was number one that it changed that they decided to broaden the body shape after Barbie was knocked off the top spot. I mean, that kind of tells you all you need to know that. Interestingly, much as I was anti-Barbie as a child, I've actually met quite a lot of these more diverse Barbies. And not to make you incredibly jealous, Hadley, 
In 2019, to celebrate Barbie's 60th birthday, I was invited to the Mattel factory in LA, where Barbie is produced. Oh my God. So I met an awful lot of, you know, very famous Barbies, influential Barbies, presidential Barbies, all of the new disability Barbies, the Barbies with vitiligo, the prosthetic limb Barbies. You know, I, I met a lot of them. And I also met the head of design for Barbie, who showed me these new, brand new dolls that They'd actually updated the wheelchair doll and she didn't get her hair caught in her wheelchair. I did admit to having some reservations about these new iterations. Mm. As you've just said, I asked her, is this tokenism or part of a shrewd marketing ploy to reposition Barbie as a right-on toy choice in an increasingly crowded market? And she argued that neither of those is the case. She said that being the most diverse and inclusive doll is very important to them and that exposure, inclusion and normalization is critical. Do you think that any of it is real, that it's a real effort at representation or do you think it's really just commercial necessity? the commercial side can't really be underestimated. And the fact is every time Barbie releases another, or Mattel releases a new diverse Barbie, it gets news coverage. Toymaker Mattel introducing the first ever Barbie doll representing a person with Down syndrome. Mattel said it worked with the US. They released their Down syndrome Barbie earlier this year, whenever it was. It got loads of news coverage around the world. And the fact is they don't have Barbies with double chins. They don't have Barbies with like thin hair. Barbie with acne, like there's lots of other ways they could be representing people. You know, those are very common issues too for a lot of children and young people. You know, I don't see Barbie representing that. Are we ever going to see an old Barbie? (laughs) Your Barbie was 19. She is perennially 19. She is perennially 19, yeah. I haven't yet come across a Barbie who's, oh, say, a 45-year-old mother of three with really dark circles under her eyes and probably perimenopausal acne. If I did, I'd buy that. So that's my message to Mattel. So Hadley, Barbie's had a fascinating journey of social revival and evolution. Now all of that is going to be captured in a new film. Hey Barbie, can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and planned choreography and a bespoke song. So tell us about Barbie the film, who's in it, what's it going to be about and why is there so much excitement, not least from you, for this film? <laughs> so Barbie the movie is coming out. It stars Margot Robbie, very brilliantly cast as Barbie, and Ryan Gosling, who's probably a teeny bit old for Ken, but I'll accept that. It's the best day ever. It is the best day ever. So is yesterday and so is tomorrow and every day from now until forever. And it's written and directed by Greta Gerwig, which is hilarious. The fact that Greta Gerwig was so known for kind of mumblecore, super hipster, trendy films, along with her partner, I think, now husband Noah Baumbach, who's also unbelievably involved to go from Squid in the Whale to Barbie movie is a hell of a Hollywood trajectory. And it is like all movies that take a fairytale-esque franchise and then put into a movie. It's about Barbie leaving Barbie land and having to deal with the real world. Like we always see this. This is what like happens in Shrek, for example. Like he leaves the fairy tale forest and has to deal with the world. And it looks genuinely hilarious. And my friends are all, all in their 40s and pretty much every single 40-something all-female WhatsApp group on my phone, which is about 17 of them, all of them want to have women's nights out to the Barbie movie when it was released. Like, I think this is going to be a huge, huge hit. Well, the popularity of Barbie is only going to increase because of the mm. film. 
Why do you think in 2023, you know, 64 years after her birth, she is still so enduringly popular? Well, it's a little bit like the enduring popularity of cocaine in that she appeals to your absolute worst base instincts. She is a sexy doll with sexy boobs and sexy hair and sexy outfits. And that, you know, has a timeless appeal for little girls. And all the dolls that have come after from Cindy to American Girl, they don't dare go down that Barbie route because it's so politically incorrect. And therefore, they're not as iconic as Barbie. You know, Barbie just, it hits that horrible sweet spot that apparently class A drugs do too, although I wouldn't know anything about that. I think, Hadley, some people who are familiar with your work will be surprised <laughs> to learn that, that you are such a Barbie fan. You're a writer with the strongest of feminist credentials. So are you comfortable today with Barbie and what she represents now? Of course, no. I mean, she's a terrible, terrible example. Of course she is. It's not, when I say like I'm a Barbie fan, like I was a Barbie fan as a kid. Do I wish that she'd never existed? Yes. But like, I cannot deny that I completely love this doll and I completely understand why little girls do love this doll. And my, my daughter is four and already she's asked for a Barbie mermaid. She doesn't even call it Barbie mermaid. She calls it a multicolor mermaid that she saw in a shop. Like the, the siren lure of Barbie Anyone who tries to deny it is kidding themselves. But I just think you can't fight her. And I also think Barbie gets a lot of crap dumped on her when the truth is it's probably Disney princesses that cause more damage to little girls these days. Like from the age of three, little girls are watching Ariel the Mermaid and Belle and Beauty and the Beast. And, you know, they are exactly the same as Barbie. They're very thin with this luxuriant thick hair and these big eyes and stuff. So little girls are picking up these messages everywhere. But Barbie oops it up with the full on boob action. I, you can't make a feminist argument for Barbie. You just just have to accept that she exists and she will always have an appeal for little girls. So all of that said, have you and your WhatsApp group booked your tickets yet to see the film? <laughs> so uh, unfortunately, I'm actually away the weekend it comes out. My father is selfishly having his 84th birthday that weekend. Bloody hell, Dad. But I'm definitely, definitely going to see it as soon as I'm back. I'll come see it with you. <laughs> Good trip to the cinema. <laughs> We'll convert you yet, Jane. You'll be buying peaches and cream Barbies on the way home. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Jane Mulkerins, and my guest, The Sunday Times columnist, Hadley Freeman. If you have a Time subscription, you can read Hadley's profile of Kieran Culkin, also known as Succession's Roman Roy, or her interview with the best-selling children's author, Judy Bloom. The producer was Priyanka Deladia. The executive producer is Kate Ford. And sound design was by David Crackles and Hannah Varrell. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear your thoughts on what you just heard. You can email us at storiesofourtimes at thetimes.co.uk. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps to early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.